0: Welcome to the Ask Genesis Podcast. This is a podcast to help the people of Genesis Community Church go deeper into each week's sermon. Each week we talk with the teaching pastor of that week and ask more details about the biblical text. If you have a question that comes up, you can email info at church. Just put in the subject line Ask Genesis Podcast. You can also write down any questions you may have during the sermon and drop those in the offering boxes in the back. And without Further ado, let's get into the show. Okay, well, let's try to start anyways. How you been, dude? Been good. Mm-hmm. yeah, Good. Um, thanks for joining me for this week's podcast. I want to read. We started this week. It's kind of like a standalone sermon this week mm-hmm. from Acts chapter two. Um, so I want to get that in front of us. Yeah. Acts Chapter two. Verse 42. All right, here's what it says And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Just check, check, check. Okay, we're good. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor for all the people. And the Lord added to their number the day, uh, day by day those who are being saved. So this last week, we're about to go into Genesis next week and, and teach you that, but... This last week, it was more like just a mission statement is how I thought about it. like like mm-hmm. kind of a current 2017 maybe. Um, you talked about areas that we needed to grow, mm-hmm. and, and this passage kind of had all the ones that you guys felt particular as an right. elder group that we needed to grow in. Right. I guess the first thing is, like, has that been brewing with you guys for a little bit? Like, um, the three main areas were theological clarity, prayer, and evangelism, but... Have you guys been, is that, like, where did that come from? Is that, was that particularly on your heart or something that kind of you guys have been talking about?
1: Uh, it developed out of, yeah, I mean, over, over some time. It developed as uh, probably, I, well, I think just being full-time with the church, you know, it gives me a lot of time to think about these kinds of things. And uh, so, yeah, it was brought to the other elders Um as we began a discussion about what's our focus for this next year. Um, and and just in these kinds of things, you know, where do we feel like we need to grow? What do we need to be teaching on? Uh, those, were, those were things that came to my mind. Of course, those are things that come, when you're talking about growing spiritually, yeah, it's that's not, like. It's not new. Style, no, those are but, staples. I and mean, there's nothing yeah. unusual or surprising about it at all. So, yeah. um, but I think the simplicity of it was part of, what was kind of attractive yeah, yeah, yeah. about but, it was, you know, we're not trying to really do anything um, novel yeah. this year. Just want to just want to mature as a family of people. Do you think
0: people um, just forget, like, basically the basics that you're talking about? Is that kind of like it, just getting back to the simplicity of it all?
1: Honestly, I feel like if I was nailing the basics as a Christian, yeah, I'd be like... <laughs> that's kind of, this but stuff, you're the pastor. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you... You shut up. Uh, no, I mean, I honestly, I feel like the things that we regard as not basic, um, probably aren't really daily parts of our Christian walk. Yeah, they're more like you know, oh, if you're really deep, if you're really mature, then this is the kind of stuff you're into. Yeah, and it's supposed to be just a given that everyone understands the Bible and everyone prays and everyone shares their faith with other people, you yeah. know, it's like, like, that's like almost baseline Christianity or something, but yeah, it's really gloriously baseline. I mean, those things are, <laughs> It if we nail that stuff, mm-hmm. we're really following Jesus.
0: Yeah. Well, and then uh, part of the passage mentions, um, the word devoted, you know, they were, they devoted themselves. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about like, even personally or just with people in our church, like, how do we encourage people to be spiritually devoted, you know, to, yeah. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know what you
0: mean. That's that's, that's a pretty serious word, like devoted to something. If you're devoted right. to your marriage or devoted to your passion or music, I mean, there's, right. that's a pretty strong word.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely more than, you know, allotting time for something. It's definitely more than a hobby or something that you... Yeah like something can be important to you but you're not devoted to it. Yeah. Devotion is like you got a short list of things that you really that your life is about. Mm. And you can't I mean, you can teach people what the Bible says about being devoted, but honestly, I feel like it's something the Holy Spirit just accomplishes in a person. Yeah. And being in God's word and being among God's people and most of all, I think being humble before the Lord will result in increasing devotion. Mm-hmm. But if you don't see God as worth it, then you're not going to be devoted to Him.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that kind of gets to your one of your parts. Kind of when you talk about evangelism, you talked about how, like, if you if you if you know God, you're going to evangelize. Mm-hmm. Like, evangelism comes from knowing God. Mm-hmm. So is that kind of the same thing? Is just it gets it gets back to like, if we know God truly, then we're going to, you know. I guess act in these ways that are just should be normal, you know what I mean? It's right. Like yeah. Primary, normal Christian behavior. Yeah. And that seems so stupid. Yeah. Like that seems so dull, Like oh, you should know God. <laughs> right. But there, ha- there is varying levels of that. Oh yeah. You know, which affect yeah. your theological clarity. Mm-hmm. It affects your prayer life. It affects evangelism. Yeah. Right? Well,
1: and that's that's why I, that's why I started with theological clarity, because you know theology is just, it's word of God. Mm -hmm. And this is how God has chosen to make himself knowable Mm -hmm. by giving us his word. So if you know his word, you know him. And of course I don't, you know, I tried to make this point, but it's not about just intellectual knowledge, you know, it's knowing God like I, like I know my wife, there's intimate relational knowledge, Mm -hmm. uh, like we really know each other well in a relationship, a friendship of devotion to one another. So when we talk about knowing God's word, there's a more intimate knowledge of it, a devotion to it. And as you know, God through the means through which he reveals himself, you begin to know him better. And I think that's where real devotion to prayer, evangelism, holiness, all those things, like, that's where that stuff arises from because God is just, he's all-glorious, all-wonderful, all-attractive, all-powerful. And the more you actually know him, the more you're just enraptured by him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that I, you know... Well, you probably experienced that personally just as a Christian. I mean, they're all different. Like, the more you get to know God, the more... You know, And you go through seasons and stuff, but it's Mm -hmm. just... It probably just grows, you know like okay, so when you think about being clear theologically mm-hmm. were you mentioning were you talking about like, do you think that we should be clear on like every single theological stance, or are you talking about just being clear on the on the closed handed stuff you know of the faith uh, do you think it's important, I guess, to be um to 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 have stances or you know what I mean like yeah right, right. does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Certainly on the distinctly Christian doctrines, like mm-hmm. the thing that separates us from other belief systems. Yeah. So if you don't believe this, you can't, you cannot be Christian. You know, of course, yeah. on, that's a matter of first importance. Yeah. And then, but here's the thing, which I really, I've deepened in my awareness of this through Roosevelt is. Who's that? <laughs> this one guy. Uh, he talks in the Greek language. Though. Yeah, he, <laughs> he preaches in time. Greek. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, but he's, he's helped, I think, for all of us deepen in our awareness of the importance of all of God's truth. Like, if it gotcha. was important for the Lord to record this
0: mm-hmm.
1: as pertinent, then <laughs> who am I to regard it as unnecessary? Yeah. You know. So, of course, as we are seeking to grow... In our understanding of the scriptures and our understanding of God ultimately yeah there's nothing that there's nothing about God that is unimportant or that's inglorious it 's all worth knowing and yeah. worth devoting ourselves to know, but yeah, I would say, grasping the like real close handed doctrines of Christianity is yeah. where we want to start,
0: yeah um, something I thought about when you mentioned prayers, I think you even used the term uh liturgy of prayers mm-hmm. maybe in your sermon do you remember that and i thought yeah maybe because that re- kind of refers to and i've been a part of churches where i've played at churches where they have these congregational prayers mm-hmm. where they all pray together is that something that that you thought was because that's not something we do right. apparently but i just thought oh that's kind of cool i wonder where that came from
1: yeah it's well you notice in that acts 2 passage it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the prayers right yeah. And you know I passed over that a lot, yeah just think, oh more than one prayer, <laughs> yeah, but the more you kind of look into that, you realize that a first century jew had uh, had particular prayers that they prayed as a group, uh things that were even written, things that were known by heart um uh, and the the cool thing about it to me is not that it was liturgical. Not that it was, mm-hmm. you know, written down and done repeatedly or something. The cool thing to me is that they were so devoted to prayers mm. that they were also devoted to what they were praying for and and wanting to pray in alignment with God's will. The things that they knew were important to God based on the Torah, based on the Old Testament, mm-hmm. the law, the prophets, uh Poetry, all these things that reveal God is revealing who He is to them, and based on their knowledge of who God is from the scriptures, they had prayers that they prayed, and I don't think it was just ritualistic, I think it was heartfelt, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just think that that's it shows it it shows an a level of devotion to prayer mm-hmm. that goes beyond just kind of. Not that extemporaneous kind of spur of the moment, what's in your heart right now. Not that that that's bad at all, because obviously they did a lot of that too. God would surprise them with things. You know, they'd get a report and they'd all burst out in prayers and praise and all these things. Mm -hmm. So that's all good. But I just think it's cool that their theology really informed their prayers because they wanted to know that they were praying things that were important to God.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is that something that... um so if it's if it's not done in a ritualistic way, then that might be something that. I mean, is that something that we might look into as a church or something, or just? I don't know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I think about like, you know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, something that you mentioned, you said that it, basically, it's it's easy to forget how awe-inspiring God is, mm-hmm. and I thought. When you said that, I thought, oh, maybe that's the church's role: is to communicate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about that Ephesians passage where the church's role is obviously to reveal God's wisdom, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of related to God to people having a, 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 an awe-inspiring vision of the Lord yeah. that would dictate and drive their lives. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe as a church, um, is that a right connection to think that the church's role as a staff and as people that are the deacons and the elders, people that are serving the church and trying to to uh, is that do you think that's something that that the church should continually be putting in front of the people. Like God is this amazing, yeah. you know, and that should dictate your life. You know, yeah. Right? That's always the goal. Yeah.
1: It's, uh,
0: cause I, the reason I bring that up is cause I don't necessarily think that as a, just to be real down to earth, like I don't really know that our church is doing that very mm. well, holistically, mm. you know, like communicating to our people besides what's going on on Sundays, like, and maybe in our home groups, like mm-hmm. I just wanted, I was wondering how could we increase sharing with our people like how awe-inspiring God is because it it's easy to forget yeah you know
1: yeah I mean it's I guess we're only we only have as many opportunities as we're together mm-hmm. right. uh, we're not together every day uh, but I mean we are in spirit and we have friendships that that go beyond you know community group and Sunday morning and all those things but I I really think that's something that happens as the Spirit of God moves. I'm I i do not know I don't know how You're much you can be programmatic. That, yeah, like that. that's the same word that came to my mind. I just I don't know how much I don't know how how much more effective we would be at that just because we programmed more time to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like like the Bible says what it says. You communicate what it says, and yeah. you do so out of sincerity, out of passion for God, and and just. Law uh, Out of love and out of awe of him, and by god 's spirit it 's received and takes root in the heart and becomes mm-hmm. a part of the way you think. It yeah. renews your mind you know romans twelve it, yes it renews your mind and uh, and makes you think differently, makes you live differently, makes you interact with God differently mm-hmm. but i I feel like what you're what you 're pressing on is probably the fundamental problem that Christians have in terms of like maturity and yeah. devotion and these kinds I of things. I almost kind
0: of think of it as like, um, it, maybe like their relationship with God kind of feels dull. Yeah. Like not very.
1: And, and uh, what's, what's happening there has to be that what's, ha- the problem is not on God's end. Right. Yeah. 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 The problem is on our end. So God yeah, is who he is. he, is awesome yes but are we in awe of him right and that's not that he is lackluster it's mm-hmm. that we don't have eyes to see yeah we're not you know like we i think we yeah. said a few weeks ago we're just not complete yet mm-hmm. you know we're, we haven't arrived at a place where we really know god as he is and one day we will and uh man it's just gonna be incredible yeah yeah, yeah, yeah to really just look at god And see him for all that he is. I just I feel like right now we wouldn't survive it. Mm -hmm. But then we'll have the capacity to survive that and enjoy it. Yeah. But that's that's not where we are yet. So I I think that's a fundamental problem of why the church is dysfunctional. Yeah. Why we're immature, why we miss the point, why we don't worship or evangelize or pray or understand the Bible the way we quote unquote should. Right, it's because we just don't really know how amazing God is. I think is, the line
0: yeah. between something feeling, like even you know, this person this morning that um, that I was working with, she said to me, like, "I know you're a very religious person," mm-hmm. and I was thinking, "I hate that language." <laughs> yeah, you know, like I don't right. want to be considered a religious person. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather be considered like a person that knows the Lord, like yeah. knows Jesus,
1: or a really devoted person. De-
0: yeah, I, you know, I just feel like the line between someone being religious and like having a real relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. that's so that's so much thinner than I think it is. You know, mm. like I can easily go from uh, feeling like I'm in a relationship with you, basically like maybe this is the Lord, like it's that close, mm-hmm. to feeling like oh, this is just something I do. It's mm-hmm. just something I. It's just I go a Sunday, it's so I go to church, right? Or part I'm just of your giving life, money. You know, I'm just giving my ten percent, and All this kind of stuff. It's like right. I just forget that like. It's a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and that seems so stupid and like over talked about. It's like, oh, it's a relationship. It's not religion. Yeah. I mean, it is religion, but it's Religion
1: not. is part of your relationship with yes. God. There's the activities that you do out of your devotion to the Lord, and those are all good, but those aren't the point. Right. Those are those are just an overflow. I mean, like we know we should be devoted to good works, right? but the good works aren't. That's not the biggest thing that we're after. Right. And to me, the thing that I think lately has really gripped me is, is the Lord a part of my life or is the Lord my life? Hmm. That's like, I think that's where you get to a level of devotion is when the Lord actually is your life Hmm. and not just a part of it. Because if he's a part of my life, it's real easy to...
0: You're talking about like like your work life or... Your family life, or and like, then
1: there's my Christian life, Your Christian life, right? Yeah, as if those things are compartmentalized from each other, mm. um, and it just can't be that way. Is that
0: easy for you to forget? I mean, because you're a pastor, I and mean, you work for the church.
1: There's definitely a a temptation at times to get lulled into a sense of duty. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, a duty that's not worshipful, because there's just things that have to be done. Mm. But I mean, I—that's another—that's another reason why I—I th- I know that the Lord arranged church leadership as plural, because leaders need each other. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. there should never be some solo act. We always need roses around us. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean just friends, yeah. friends in the Lord, you know, and yeah. leaders in the church are no exception to needing people mm. around them to just go, hey, how are you? Yeah. So but yeah it's I mean we're all susceptible to the same kinds of temptations, hmm. and i I think the Lord just has to be our he has to be our one singular passion yeah. and devotion
0: well, okay, so talk about discipline for a second because I was thinking about, I'd rather not uh, <laughs> you know, like it's a spiritual discipline, it's a discipline that has to rely on the Lord, like reading our Bibles oh yeah, yeah, okay um, prayer, evangelism like. There's there is the discipline, like Paul uh-huh. talks about it, like you beat your body, right. basically like an Olympian. Uh-huh. You know? And um, but I, I, I just in my head there's a, like a, a mental block of mm. how do I get there? Mm-hmm. Do I is it literally just asking God to make me more spiritually fit? Mm-hmm. You know, like what is this, What is the unique characteristic of spiritual discipline in your mind?
1: I mean, the thing that comes to my mind. First of all, that really defines. It's
0: easy just to say, "Oh, God will do it," because it's spiritual. Sure, like, yeah. But what is the actionable, down to earth kind of thought right. process?
1: Right, and my answer might frustrate you <laughs> because you're making a big deal out of it not being. <laughs> no, th- this is my this is my sincere answer that I believe is inspired, you know, by the Bible. That you read Galatians five, and you have the list of the fruit, singular, fruit of the Spirit, Mm -hmm. which I I heard a guy say one time, you know, it's like, it's really bad grammar, but it's great theology. Mm. You have a list of things that comprise fruit, the one fruit of the Spirit. And one of those things is self-control. To me, that is just Mm -hmm. a mysterious thing that the Spirit, by the Spirit's presence in your life, you'll have self-control. I think we have a hard time with that kind of it doesn't seem like it should work. Is it me or is it him? And the answer is yes. Yeah. But it's because we've been made a new creation. We're now defined by our union with Christ. Uh, We're led by the Spirit, taught by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit. And uh, so there's no way to separate, like, okay, the Spirit's presence in my life produces these things. So it's it's attributable to the Spirit. Mm -hmm. But... He's making me like that. So, yes, it's, you know, like you said, okay, it's easy to say, like, God will do it. But you have to say that. Yeah. You have to start there. God has to do that work. But doing that work makes it, so talking about discipline or Mm self-control, I think we're talking about the same thing there. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Being able to motivate yourself and like get yourself to do the right thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to start with a work of the Holy Spirit, but he infuses that into who you now are. And now you're a different person. You're not like you used to be. Mm -hmm. You're more disciplined. But I think, again, intact is this mysterious thing of your responsibility. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It,
1: it makes me think yeah. of Paul.
0: The order of it all—you get it, just get it backwards. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it, it makes me think of Paul telling Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God that's within him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a gift inside of him—the Spirit of God, leadership, wisdom, all these things. But there's some responsibility on Timothy's part to actually fan that into flame, like yeah, do yeah, things yeah. that are going to feed that. Be around the right people. Read, yeah. be acquainted with the Word. Be prayerful. Be humble, and those things will increase your capacity to really operate in the gifts that the Spirit's given you. Yeah. So I think, hmm. I think discipline or self-control is the same kind of deal. It's like
0: I never made that connection with the self-control passage, the fruit of the Spirit.
1: Isn't that weird? Self-controlled. I know. (laughs) If you're controlled by the Spirit, you'll be self-controlled. That's weird, man. Mm. But that's, I mean, that's just what the Bible says, so we have to accept it. Yeah. So it's completely spiritual, and yet you as a new person, as a spiritual person, have to be able to, like, kind of lay hold of that and walk in it, Yeah. and you're responsible for that. Ultimately, you know, God is he's in charge and he knows the timing and he's working all these things very patiently into our lives, Mm -hmm. but we're, we're responsible.
0: Yeah. For sure. I like that. Um, give me two seconds to change the battery and then we'll pick up our conversation. Cool. So, when I think about evangelism,
1: yeah, can I go let ahead. me hit pause? So, what you're really getting at with the discipline thing is mm-hmm. the practical side of it. Yeah. and I mean, I told you my answer might be frustrating because it's sp- be a it's spiritual <laughs> because I'm just real practical. <laughs> <laughs> but so, if somebody's listening to this. And they feel frustrated, like, okay, I know the Bible says that, but where do I start? What do I do? I think with almost—no, I, I think categorically, any Christ-like characteristic that we want to grow into or grow up in, it has to start with us humbling ourselves before the Lord. That's—I yeah. think that is the practical— step that we take towards maturing is
0: and then all that comes out of that humility yes
1: because it's the thing that's going to keep you from growing in any area where you know you need to grow is pride it's like I'm good enough or or you just don't value it Mm -hmm. the way you see the Bible valuing it Um, so humility says whatever is important to God has to be important to me and in that humility you're confessing god i don't i confess my lack of desire to even be more disciplined mm-hmm. i realize that if i wanted to be more disciplined i would be so i confess my lack of desire please change me yeah change my desires make me want to be like you more mm-hmm. i think that humbling of yourself And approaching the Lord like that with confession and repentance is the first step to take towards growing in any area at all, including self-control. Because I know what happens to me when I'm not thinking that way is I start giving myself this catch-22 excuse of, well, how can I be more disciplined when I'm not disciplined enough to do it? Mm. So then I'm stuck you know right. and i and it has to be that the lord just strikes me with lightning yeah. this lightning bolt of discipline that's completely removed from my devotion or my yeah. anything you know yeah. my understanding or anything like that so the the lord just has to which he often does work in spite of us mm-hmm. but i think there's something really powerful to be said of the person who humbles themselves and says god i don't even feel like i want this mm-hmm. like you want me to want it yeah so I, I have an, uh, a friend from years ago who used to say his prayer all the time was, God, I don't really want this. So will you help me to want to want this? Hmm. Like, at, I mean, there's like a gut level yeah. kind of thing of what do I really <laughs> desire in life? Like, yeah, I, you know, I want to be like Jesus. Of course I do, I'm a Christian, yeah, but do right. you want to die to yourself? So that you're not you. Yeah. Or you talk
0: about Jesus being, uh, you know, not to compartmentalize our life and Jesus is everything. Yeah. But like I can very easily, like last night, just laying in bed, just thinking like I'm going to bed at 11. I worked all day on media stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I just thought to myself, like, just kind of prayed in my head, like, where were you today, God? Like, I felt like I Mm -hmm. I missed you. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was not on him. Mm -hmm. It was on me. Right. I didn't do that in... I completely com- compartmentalized him, you know, yeah. because I did my own thing. Right. I didn't even consider him helping me with that. Right. I didn't consider my attitude, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't, so it was like, it's easy for me to say, mm-hmm. and then just realize like, man, I'm off. Yeah. Like, something's off here, you yeah. know? And I think maybe what you're getting at is like, focusing more on the spiritual side of things and just letting the fruit happen, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I, I can't too, too much concentrate on, like, the fruit. The activity. You know? Yeah. When someone ex, someone explained it, like, um, it's like an apple tree. And a real apple tree has real fruit
1: mm-hmm. as opposed
0: to, like, just, you know, you're, like, you have fake apples and you're just, like, sticking them up on the tree. Right, yeah. Just trying to staple them to the tree. Yeah. And it's just going to fall. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just going to die. They're going to rot and die mm-hmm. as opposed to you having roots yeah In the Lord, and then that just leads to maybe it's just one apple, or right. maybe with some people it's a hundred apples. Yeah, you know, whatever maybe, the Lord determines. Whatever God determines. And, yeah, and just letting that be, that be the focus. Right. Um. When I think about evangelism, I think about Jim Gaffigan, <laughs> because <laughs> naturally, he says that funny Such thing where he's like, <laughs> in every show, he's like, something about like, let me just make you feel. As comfortable as possible yeah <laughs> let's talk, talk about, about jesus, jesus yeah you know? <laughs> and we laugh at that it's so funny but like the other day you know yesterday i'm with nathan at the park and i'm like we there's a grandpa there with his grandson and his grandson's four my son is six
1: i feel like i just stepped into a werther's original commercial
0: yeah and uh <laughs> 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 well they can pay me if they want right. and uh you know nathan just is so i mean. So he he just loves telling people about Jesus. Like it mm. doesn't matter. Praise so God. He's like, just, we're just playing there. Just the four of us. Mm-hmm. Charity's there too, but we're just playing. And he goes, Hey Theo, and Theo's four. He doesn't really, you know, he's not in, he's not engaging with Nathan at the level Nathan wants him to engage. Uh-huh. He just says, Hey, hey Theo, uh, do, do you know about Jesus? Man, you know that's awesome. And Theo just doesn't answer him. Just he's quiet right there. <laughs> yeah. And me and Grandpa, he got just, Yeah, and I, yeah, <laughs> he just got. You got Jesus juked. You yeah. Know? And then he turns, Nathan turns to me and says, uh, hey, ask his grandpa if he knows about <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so immediately I just like slowly turn like, yeah. <laughs> Let me explain. Nathan wants to know if you guys know about Jesus. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly what I said. It's not my deal. <laughs> kids will be kids, man. <laughs> man, but that just brought out so much awkwardness in me that I just, it brought me back to right. the sermon, dude. Because it was like. Man, what is it in me that like makes that moment so awkward? Yeah. Like, why do I want to tame my son down a little bit? Like, dude, right. just wait till you wait till you have a relationship with this random kid at the park for right. five years, and then you talk to him about yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you know? Or like,
1: wait until he's expecting you to. That
0: was awesome about the story that that Grandpa was like, "We do know about Jesus." And, oh, cool. Uh, he's Praise like God. my best friend. Is what oh, he said. that's great. So I was like, "All right, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is less awkward. Let's talk yeah, about church." Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but. Man, evangelism, Yeah, you said primarily comes from knowing the Lord. Like, yeah. that's, you know, which is, goes back to everything we've been talking about, which is the big picture, I think. Mm-hmm. Knowing the Lord, you're going to evangelize. Yeah. I hate even the word evangelize. It feels so yeah, just yeah, yeah. ritualistic or something or programmatic or systematic. But yeah. just telling people about Jesus, you know? Like, right, yeah. How can we get better at that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, what you know, one of the things that I was trying to get across to address that yeah because that's the that's the tension that everyone wants to avoid in most of western christianity we're trying to somehow get jesus to people without interrupting the flow of their lives it's like we we almost trick them into being glad we told them right um (laughs) and and we want to gain all this credibility with them before it's like like you can't just share the gospel with somebody like what you don't you don't have any strategy here. You don't have any relationship with this person. Like you can't just share the like well then what were the the apostles were terrible evangelists then because they were just an <laughs> immense eruption yeah. in the life of the whole civilized world, you yeah. know. So I think that what we need to do if we're gonna grow in evangelism is begin to accept that God is countercultural, God is a very disruptive force in people's lives uh god is not okay with people being in sin sin that will lead to their condemnation mm. their judgment uh he's he's not pleased in the death of the wicked um mm. uh, and so god is very evangelistic he's a god of mission of preaching of reaching out and and jesus of course embodies all of that He's God in the flesh, and we actually got to see God do this, model this, for three years in the world. The thing is, though, would anybody look at Jesus' life and be like, he just blended in so well. Yeah. How did Jesus just move in and out of the culture without being recognized as an outsider? Like, what? Jesus was intensely countercultural yeah. to the point that they hated him to the point that they killed him. Yeah. So why do why are we trying to come up with models of evangelism where we don't have to suffer the same fate as Jesus?
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. we're not. We're. I mean, we live in Texas, man. I mean, nobody's yeah. gonna you know murder right. us. Yeah. I mean, it it could happen, but it's very unlikely in this mm-hmm. culture that you're gonna be murdered. What's gonna be murdered is yourself. Yeah. Your flesh, man. Like, mm-hmm. y- you're gonna have to murder yourself. Yeah. And. And I mean, I'll be honest, I feel that tension too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't say that stuff out of some place of, you know, here I am at the top of the mountain, you know, come on, it's this way. I'm saying we collectively as a church, and I tried to be really careful about the language, like mm-hmm. we need to grow together in these areas. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think if we know God better and we're more resigned to living the way Jesus lived, then we're going to end up becoming more evangelistic people. Yeah.
0: Well, and I was thinking too, um, it reveals a level of like, I don't know, just lack of concern with other people. Like that guy at the park, like if I really, if I loved him and Mm -hmm. wasn't so self-consumed with myself, Mm -hmm. it's almost like my pride over, over like, it won out over concern right. for him. Right. You know, because who knows if he knows the Lord, if he doesn't, yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. But I just, I mean, I'm not thinking that way. I'm kind of thinking, oh, this is awkward. Or,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And every person has to judge, you know, for themselves. Did I not share the gospel with that person because I don't love them? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, nobody can say that except for the that person and God's spirit. within them you know if he brings about that conviction then we should listen to that conviction I don't think that you know it's like if you love people then you will you you will be sharing the gospel with every single person you lay eyes on I don't know that that's God's will you know but we we would be seeking the opportunities Mm -hmm. you know the way the language we've used a lot at Genesis is like the gospel is kind of on the tip of your tongue all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and you're always ready, always ready to share it when the Lord provides an opportunity. And, yeah. and you don't have to get hit over the head with the opportunity. Right. You're looking for it. Right. You want that. It's not... I think most of our evangelism, like I'm talking about like personal, mm-hmm. sharing the gospel with people. I feel like most of it happens pretty begr- begrudgingly. It's like okay, this is so obvious that if I don't do it, I know for sure that I'm sinning and I hate this person. Yeah. yeah. So I'll like, uh, do you go mm-hmm. to church anywhere? You know, and try to ease your way in, yeah. <laughs> which makes it even more awkward, I think, because yeah. I think most people know what you're doing. Yeah. But yeah, I just think we...
0: You try to go to church. Yeah. And then you try to go to the Jesus. Right. And you're like, oh, but
1: here's the tricky part. What if they're like, oh yeah, I go to this church down here. And you're like, oh, sweet. And our churches are filled with people who don't know Jesus absolutely, so uh, yeah, I just think we have we have to be led by the spirit there. If your conscience is heavy, then you need to listen to that, yeah. but there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. there's failure, yeah. we can sin, fail, miss the you know miss the boat, but we're not condemned for it,
0: yeah, oh uh, um, what I like about that passage, too is that the end part where people were being drawn to the church, it all happened in the community. Mm -hmm. It all happened in the context of a church that was forming and, Mm -hmm. you know, people being devoted to the prayers and, um, and to good works and whatever. But like, it's kind of like the way that I see what you did on Sunday is you kind of like sounded the alarm, like, you know, Mm. let's do this together because that Mm -hmm. iron, that encouragement, comes within a context of a community trying mm. to do this, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and I think that that's the only way that, and that's the way that God designed it. Yeah, you build design that way. it to be individuals out here, lone lone rangers out here trying yeah. to win people to the Lord. But we're doing this together, right? You know, and I I really like that idea. And, um, why don't we just end with you, you know, praying, um, praying these things for our church? Yeah. Just, um, You know that we'd be more and more theologically clear. Um just for our fervency in prayer. And then mm-hmm. uh, also just for us to not be awkward with evangelism and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, well, maybe to or be, to awkward. embrace the awkwardness, yeah, embrace even the awkwardness. Um, yeah. so maybe yeah, cool. Yeah, in prayer. Sure.
1: God, thanks for, for just being yourself. You are awe inspiring Lord. Just studying Genesis, getting ready for this new series. It just, it really is incredible, uh, just your power. You're, you're so limitless and holy, and you're so generous and gracious to us. Thank you, Lord, for even though we were unworthy, that in Christ you make us worthy of a relationship with such a awe-inspiring God. Thank you for Josh and his devotion to make your word more widely known and accessible for the church and for anybody who would find these podcasts. Uh, the work that he puts into this, I know, is very spiritual and worshipful, so thank you for that. Lord, please help us as a church, and and not just us as Genesis, but your church, Lord, capital C. We pray that you would cause us to become more devoted to knowing you through your word, through the means of uh, of the words that you've given to us about yourself help us to be more devoted lord and just seeing you as as amazing as you are and, and lord we ask that that all that we would have toward you would result in a greater devotion to prayer of interacting with you and confidence to come to you because we know that we are in christ and we're welcomed to the throne of grace, to receive mercy in our time of need. And Lord, that that awe-inspiring knowledge of you would also create a deeper devotion to our mission, your mission of making your glory and your infinite wisdom, your manifold wisdom known to your creation, to every man, woman, and child, that even creation and even angels are looking on and, and wanting to have relief from the corruption that's come into the world and the fallenness, the error. Lord, we just await your return for when you'll come and make all these things new and we'll get to be face-to-face with you and truly forever know you completely as you are. What a day, Lord. We, we worship you for the certainty of that day thanks again for this time we uh, we love you we pray in Jesus name Amen.